Hey, hello, Stephen. Welcome back, listeners, and my brother, Stephen, to the second episode of the Orion Syndicated podcast. How's your week been, man? Uh, it's been good. Thanks uh, Thanks for the welcome back. Uh, I tell you, uh, it's, uh, it's been interesting, uh, but uh, one of the bright sides of this, this whole quarantine thing is... It gives us time to record this podcast. So, you know, uh, hashtag some good news. <laughs> yeah, for anybody, uh, you know, finding this later in life, um, we, we decided that, you know, we talked about doing this for a long time. And, you know, Stephen being military and me being a restaurant manager, um, we're both kind of locked down. Um, actually, the governor of Virginia <laughs> literally just told everyone, stay at home. Uh, so we're trying to use this as, like, the reason to take the time to do this. So, uh, so yeah. So if you're listening to this in the future, uh, everything's really fucking weird right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, but we get to make a Star Trek there's, podcast out of it. So there's, there's, there's a pandemic. Yes. Yes. There's a pandemic. It seems, you know, about every 100 years, there's an influenza that threatens all. And, uh, we, this is this one. So, uh, stay tuned and, uh, Yeah. You know what we need right now? We need one of those like really fancy Federation doctors with all of their like bingy boopy fucking tricorders and stuff. That would be that I would be nice. I or, feel like I feel like Bashir would have figured this out like a week and a half ago. Uh, or just just a transporter. Like I never understood that. Like why is there any disease in Star Trek when you've got biofilters on the transporter? If someone gets any disease. You should literally just be able to dematerialize them, filter out the pathogen, and then rematerialize them like super healthy. Chief O'Brien could have been the chief, 100%. like the chief medical officer. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. So, yeah. So, so yeah. This uh, is, all right. What are we doing, man? Uh, so this is you know our second episode. Um, it's been super fun looking at all the different analytics, and thank you to anybody that listened uh, last week. <clears throat> Whoever you are, random person in uh, Austria that found us. Yes. That is yes. amazing. Um, also, Argentina. There was someone in Argentina found us. Yeah. So that's, that's been... Sorry, there's a cat here. I'll have to cut that. Puma's crazy. Uh, no, we don't need to cut it because let me just, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to plug this now before we get back into our, into our, you know, regularly scheduled program. Um, I have a three-year-old daughter and we are quarantined at the house. So uh, she's not in this room right now, but uh, if you hear, it's a really good microphone. So you might, you might hear it. <laughs> be like, what is that? That would be my three-year-old. So everybody's working from home now. And uh, and we're just going to forgive all that stuff. So uh, yeah, last week was it's been a great week uh, after that first episode recording it. I, I, just, I love looking at the analytics on the program that we're using. It breaks down, uh, you know, where everybody listens to, obviously. And uh, 
uh, I, I am just, I'm very humbled that anybody listened to it whatsoever. And, and they probably listened to it and said, I'm going to block this, you know, so it never shows up in my feed again. But, uh, you know, maybe they'll give us a second chance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, ho- hopefully you're listening to this for the second time. Um, we do have a Twitter account now. Uh, it's going to be at Orion. Uh, I'm sorry. It's going to be at podcast Orion. And we do have an email address. It's Orion syndicated podcast, all one word at uh, gmail.com. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to put those in the show notes this time. Uh, that seems like it'd be super helpful. And anybody that has any feedback or you know, show ideas, things that we can talk about, we'd love to hear from you. So, all right. So I think that really you know, recaps last week. Um, it's a little loosey goosey. Um, so, I decided that, you know, we needed to have a little bit more of a structure, just a little bit. You know, we don't want to do like a recap of things. But uh, so we were kind of bouncing some ideas around and I thought it would be really fun to go back and watch all of the finales of all the series and rank them. All right. So, uh, all right. So we've decided we're going to go worst to first uh people are gonna hate this to start with i I mean and i know we said last week that like tos is not really our jam but i had to go with the original series just specifically because it wasn't meant to be a finale right that's not its fault i'm sure Mm -hmm. like the finale for the original series and kirk and everybody were the movies right so when you get to star trek six Right, that's their finale. Okay, so it's not. Sure. But we're only doing we're only doing series here, and I tried to help it out a little bit, and look and like I watched the counter clock incident, which is the last episode of the original or the animated series, and it's arguably worse. Right, so I thought maybe <laughs> I thought like maybe. I could just say, okay, the animated series is really the last two years of the five-year voyage. So instead of Turnabout Intruder, I'll evaluate it on the last... Oh, no, the counterclock incident is absolutely terrible. I mean, you get to know that Robert April was the captain, was the original captain of the Enterprise. Right. right? right. So there's some cool stuff in there, but it's, it's just... It's, it's so terrible. So I'm going to kind of lump them together in okay. in the worst, right? So I'm going to say Turnabout Intruder from the original series coupled with the Counterclock Incident from the animated series is hands down the, the worst one. So, like, I, I totally agree. And I hadn't had the thought mm-hmm. to kind of put them together. I guess... I was thinking of them as two separate series. They are two separate series, but it's the same five-year mission. So I understand what you're doing there, and I, I totally agree with it. Um, so I, I'll give you that. But but since I didn't do that, um, one of them is worse than the other for me. <laughs> and it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, Turnabout Intruder is not as bad it's the last episode of the animated series. I will it's agree. Not. If you were going to make me it's... break them apart, I would absolutely put animated series as six and Turnabout Intruder as five. If you want me to break them apart, I'll 100% agree with you on that. 
Yeah. I mean, at one point in, in that last episode in the animated series, uh, it's it's actually near the beginning. Um, and, and, you know, they said that... Uh, that the enterprise, the enterprise they were standing on, was the uh, the Federation's first warp capable ship. Um, yeah, which just made me, it just made me mad. And then the, um, also, and then, there were tons of there were tons of like, uh, if you there were just tons of in universe things that didn't make sense as far as the physics of what were going on. Oh, everything goes in reverse. Um, and then you see them activate the transporter, and uh, he didn't drag his three fingers down. He still pushed them up. But they had already said all the controls work backwards. There were just so many little things. It made it terrible. Warp 36. It was, it was worse. Warp 36. Don't, don't get me started. Don't get me started on Warp 36. Oh, but they were they were attached to the tractor beam, and they were going Warp 15 or some shit. Like, don't even get and me started. I, I don't know why this bothered me so much, but... Just showing them, like, the Enterprise going backwards in animation was, like, it, it was just so annoying. It's like, yeah, we get it. Time runs in reverse. But the the ship doesn't have to go in reverse. Like, it can go forward. Like, it, 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 oh, my God. So, yeah. Animated it was terrible. It six, was terrible. Turnabout and true. Yeah. I think we can agree Absolutely. on that. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so, and I'm gonna we're gonna want to come back and address this, right? We're gonna we're gonna run through our lists and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna <clears throat> some out and try and get like a final. Yeah, it's got to be Enterprise. I've recently rewatched a lot of Enterprise, and yeah, yeah. Um, the Enterprise finale is is it's not a it's not a good story to like send those people off. It's just not shoehorn and Frakes and Marina Sirtis in to that episode. Like I know from it, like in not in or out of universe, everyone on the cast was really upset by it. It's one of the yeah. reasons. It's one of the reasons why Jolene Blaylock, I think, doesn't really want to have a lot to do with Star Trek anymore. Jonathan Frakes was uncomfortable being there, um, so the story was terrible. Now, I will say this. I actually went and watched... So, the, the name of the episodes, obviously, these are the voyages. Right. I Which is an epic name for yeah. a final episode of any Star Trek. So, I went and actually watched the two-parter that came before These Are the Voyagers. Uh, these Are the Voyages with uh, mm -hmm. Peter Weller as, like, the main bad guy. And if you if you watch Demons and Terra Prime and pretend like these are the voyages never happened, Terra Prime's a phenomenal finale. Did you notice on CBS All Access the run? Actually, they put these are the voyages as the second to last, and they actually put Terra Prime as the last episode. They actually aired on the same night. They aired back to back. And it did kind of seem like CBS was maybe trying to give a little nod to, yeah, like this was a much better way to finish the show out. So I will give them that. But <laughs> technically, these are the voyages from Enterprise is, in my opinion, the fourth right. worst. What do you, yeah. I mean, 
you have any problem so with that? that that that's where i ranked it as well um some notes on these are the voyages um the there were so much so yeah so i've read all I've read all those articles about how uncomfortable Jonathan Frakes was crashing their finale and there were better ways to do it. Just make him the, uh, instead of, you know, peppering in, you know, the whole Pegasus recovering the Pegasus and the cloaking device thing from TNG instead of peppering that in. Although I still think that wasn't, that was a nuanced idea. Someone in the writer's room really owned that and they did the best they could do with it. So whoever wrote that, if you ever listen to our podcast, please don't take this, as as a rebuke on your talent because you did it the best way you could but it would have been so much easier just to cast jonathan frakes in the role of the chef because you've never seen the chef before in four seasons of that show they never once showed chef's face uh you could have just cast jonathan frakes in that role and accomplished the same thing essentially showed all the scenes without jonathan frakes as as in objective mode in the, the holographic recreation uh, you could have accomplished the same thing and then added in, oh, yeah, they cast Jonathan Frakes as the chef and just been like little nod. And I think that would have accomplished the same thing and it would have made everybody feel a lot better, in my opinion. But see, we absolutely agree. That's where I ranked it was fourth. See, if you really wanted to, from a writing standpoint, like get the whole idea of Riker wrestling with like this moral conundrum and going into a yeah. holodeck recreation of like, so basically the whole plot line instead of putting it like on the pegasus like episode just make it in the future right every star trek fan would have absolutely loved to see captain riker like cuz he's on the titan at this point right nemesis had already come out so he'd left Right, continuity wise, I'm right. almost positive. Right. Yeah. So like yeah. so the end of Nemesis, he finally accepts command. He goes off on his thing. And in the finale of Enterprise, you have the exact same storyline. He's wrestling with this new conundrum, but he's it's in the future and he's on the Titan. And you get to like John Eves or whoever gets to design like this awesome ship. And he can still do exactly what he's doing. But like you could right. see a new future ship, and that would just be so much better. Or you could just cut all of it. Like you could just cut yeah. all of that. All right, yeah. So anyway, all right, so we're gonna get yeah. bogged down on on that. We're gonna come back and talk about some of them, right? So right. All right so we're good on Enterprise, Voyager, which we both disclose is our favorite. We have DS Nine, and we have Next Gen. I'm, right. I hate to do it because it's my favorite, but Endgame is next for me. It's a great story, right? The only sure. thing that I would have loved to see more would be instead of them just showing up at Earth and having that shot, is if you cut like just a little bit of... Because it's not like they knew or didn't know that they were getting... That they were finishing the series. It's not like they didn't know that they were right. finishing. Right. They could have cut an episode here or an episode or this, you know, this bit over there and given us the last 15 minutes of them actually getting to Earth, right? And maybe it's something yeah. as simple as like 
you take the opening scene where they see Voyager fly in over the Golden Gate Bridge with fireworks and stuff, and they land outside of Starfleet headquarters, and it's Paris's dad is there, and Mark Janeway's you know ex is there, and like they the main cast beams out, and like you get like a moment of them like hugging and actually being on the Earth. Like I would. It, I, if they put that in there, I could put it up there, but it, it's hard to beat DS9 and TNG. And so with just that little bit of nuance, I got to put them. I got to put them at, at number three for me. So this is getting, um, this is getting creepy. Um, <laughs> we didn't talk about this. We didn't talk about this beforehand. We just said, you know, uh, Stewart's the, Stewart is the proper host, and and he he said this is it's what I want to do. And I said, sounds great. I've got some homework watching to do, and uh, but yeah, no, we are we are still on track. In game, the last episode of Star Trek Voyager is 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 number three as well for me. For most of the same reasons that you said, um, you know, we could have we could have cut a little bit of Tom and Bellana's baby being born. I mean, uh, we knew the baby was coming. I didn't really need to see the baby be born. I'd already I already knew the baby was born from the beginning of the episode uh, when the baby was a full grown woman uh, and an ensign in Starfleet. Uh, so I knew the baby got born. Uh, so I didn't need to see that again. Uh, they could have cut ten minutes of that story and added in a little bit at the end. I've always, I've always wanted that, and that is honestly the only reason that it's not number two for me. That's the only reason that it beat DS Nine. DS Nine wraps things up a little bit better, <clears throat> which kind of spoiler alert ruins my number two. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, so we are. I mean, we're pretty much lockstep. Like this is great. So this is where it got really hard for me. Uh, <laughs> of course. It's hard to name a number one, right? All right, so this is... Uh, Was that a pun? Was that a Star Trek pun? Number one. (laughs) Uh, So I'm just going to go... I'm going to, like, drop it. I'm going to say 2-1. That way we don't go back and forth on it. Mm -hmm. I will say this. Like, even... Like, now... Because I haven't watched the finale of, like, Next Generation in a long, long time. Uh, and that last scene where Picard joins the poker game is just, it's just the best way to end that show, right? 100%. But going back and rewatching it, Best of Both Worlds, or not, sorry, not Best of Both Worlds. Uh, all good things, of course. Um, of course. It's a really great episode of Star Trek. And it's a good way to tie it off. But DS9 was a better finale. It really it encapsulated everything that Deep Space Nine had meant to that crew. Because it starts off and it's like this, they're going off to war, right? They're going to like invade Cardassia and finish the war. But it starts sure. out with like these family scenes. It's O'Brien and Keiko with Molly and the Alamos and, you know, and he's going to be taking a position at uh, Starfleet headquarters afterwards. And right. you get Esri and Bashir are like in bed, like starting to relate. And it's very homey. 
and it's it's become a home for those people and they literally run through every character every character has something to do and then there's the montage at the end and then the montage in- is, is is dope the montage and is dope so i'm gonna put and again i've said before i think all good things is one of the best finales of any tv show not even just like a star trek tv show of any tv show but going back and watching all of these finales back to back to back to back to back uh, in isolation (laughs) deep space nine just is a better rap for the show it's phenomenal and it was moving and i i loved every second of that episode it's a fantastic episode. I disagree with you on the ranking. Uh, I would put DS9's uh, What We Leave Behind, um, I would put it at number two for me um, for one reason. And again, uh, obviously, we're, the process of elimination, all good things, is clearly my number one. Um, again, I am the same as you. I judge all series finales of any show and have for 20 years off of that. That's what I judge them from. Uh, just the way they, they wrap it up. They could have not made any TNG movies, and I would have been okay with that at the time. Um, but it gets beat out for one reason. The paw rates are the dumbest alien protagonist evil they're the dumbest thing that has ever been written into, can, into star trek can you see and this I right here i i literally uh, have in my notes the Wraith story is boring it, it no was... i can't see, i haven't been able to see so we're doing this via a, a video chat and we use the audio but my brother has been frozen for the last 25 minutes or so uh so no he's been frozen in this like epic pose uh for like the last 25 minutes i can't see what's on his screen but no the paw rates are dumb and not only are they dumb uh if you go back listener if you go back and you watch the final episode of deep space nine and you pay attention uh you will notice that the three people who know anything about the paw wraiths coming back from the fire caves at the end? Uh, they all can't carry it. So two of them die, and one of them spends however many years later in the Celestial Temple, and no one ever knows what happened in the fire caves at all. No one. It is, I felt like they just, the writers forgot about, I was like, oh yeah, we were writing that part. Oops. <laughs> and so because of that, because they didn't provide any continuity to the people of Bajor, to Starfleet, to anyone who had anything to know except for Benjamin Sisko, the Sisko. The Sisko's off in wormhole land and can't talk to anybody about it. And he doesn't. He comes back, he talks to Cassidy Yates. That's about it. He doesn't mention it. So no one knows what happened in the fire caves. How can anyone know that that prophecy was fulfilled? That was a really dumb story arc that they tied off in a little bow that didn't, there was no resolution. Not really, not in a universal sense. And therefore, left an open plot hole for some, mem- for, for some uh, characters in the show. And I feel like they didn't tie that up in a better way. And that's why All Good Things beat it for me. Uh, I will say two things about Deep Space Nine. So 
the whole scene, Avery Brooks was very, very aware of the, the absent black father trope in 90s television. Right? If anyone's ever seen The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I'm, yes, we're dating ourselves, but like, you know, that's that was a very yeah, it was a very pertinent thing in common culture. And Avery Brooks, when he interacted with Syrup Lofton, uh, he wanted to make sure that he was a very like present brown person on television as a father, right? Uh, and that informed a lot of the acting between him and Syrup Lofton. And you see that. I mean, that comes through, like, in his acting. And so the whole, I will return, because originally I think that they weren't going to bring him back. He was just going to go be with the prophets. And Avery Brooks was like, no, I've got a kid here, and my my wife is literally pregnant. I'm not going to disappear and leave, like, this this woman you know, Cassidy Yates. I'm not going to leave her pregnant. Right. So that's why they wrote the whole arc of like, he'll come back. So I don't see that as a plot hole for him per se. It was, it, it was them trying to tie up that character arc of him being a part prophet coupled with Avery Brooks desire as an actor, an activist, a black man to, uh, to make sure that people knew that he wasn't just leaving forever. You know what I mean? Uh, second thing. So that's, that's a thing. It's, second, that's a thing. Second thing, I kind of think that you're right, that they forgot about when and Ducat, and when they were like, okay, we have to write something for them too. And so that kind of came about that way. And at the end of it, they just decided, you know what's going to be amazing and everyone's going to love watching Kai Win die? Because she was such an amazingly evil, subtly written character. You loved to hate her. And there was something that was just so visceral about watching her die. And I feel like that's what they did. They were like, okay, we're going to kill you. And people are going to love it. Yeah, my child. Yeah. Every time she called... uh, Kira Narice, my child, you could just, you you just want to reach through and choke her. That's, 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 uh, I mean, that's the legacy that I would want to leave behind as the actress who played that character. Uh, Louise Fletcher? I was the most hated person on television from 1990. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's the legacy I would want to leave behind is everybody hated me and it was great. And then I died. Uh, and everybody cheered. Absolutely. He said sarcastically. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're just going to go back and talk about some of our parts of all these different uh, finales real quick. And I mean, we've talked about some of our not favorite parts that like kind of influenced our rankings and whatnot. But there were like great moments in all of these. There were there were actually great moments in Enterprise's finale. There were a lot of great moments in Enterprise's finale that could have been accentuated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one interesting thing that I noticed when I was going when I was watching all these 
because um, I did go to like IMDb and check writers, directors, things like that, you know, just to have some things. So uh, sure. the same person got a guy by the name of Alan Croker, C-R-O-E-C-E-R, directed the finales of Enterprise, What You Leave Behind for DS9, uh, and Endgame. Uh, he, I mean, he did some Star Trek, but he was put in charge of all three of those finales, which I just found to be kind of interesting. Uh, just like a weird little note that the same dude got to helm three finales of Star Trek. So I, I really that hope that's my trivia question at the end of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> it legitimately could be. There's a whole. It legitimately could be. It legitimately could be. That's the hardest section of the book. So, uh, so what was your favorite moment from like one of these finales? Going back and watching it for you know for the first time or with fresh eyes and whatnot. So there's so many moments from from all of these. Um, I don't think I had a favorite moment from the final episode of the animated series. I think my my favorite moment was when it was over. That show was dope. <laughs> That show was dope, but uh, because I love, like, I love old Scooby-Doo cartoons, and I just, I love that era of, of animation. Um, it was, it, what's missing in today's animation, it's just that, that visceral, someone put ink to paper, there's too much CGI, and someone put ink to paper for every single movement in that entire series, and it took, it took effort, and it took love, and it took talent, and I, yeah, so I'll give it to that. So the animation was great. Um, the 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 plot lines they didn't know that there was going to be a Star Trek: The Next Generation or a Star Trek: Voyager or a Star Trek: Enterprise. They didn't know any of that, and they did the best with what they could. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that my favorite moments when it was over. As far as the original series, the final episode, um, again, they didn't know that there was that they weren't going to get to flesh any of this stuff out. They didn't know that was their final episode. Um, and there are some discontinuities that people just ignore. Um, I won't talk about them. <clears throat> Female captains. <clears throat> uh, we, we won't talk about this <laughs> because we already talked about what we don't like, right? So uh, it's, as far as the original series, I, anything that William Shatner puts his puts talent to is is above par um he's gotten a lot of flack over the years for for being one of those actors who's I don't, maybe not very good from people who don't like star trek they think he's not not a very good actor and i i vehemently disagree and i think that he's a great actor and so uh to have been his final episode Maybe he knew, maybe he didn't. I think he did an excellent job. Uh, especially being the inhabitant of a female body and still playing himself, you know, and then, you know, the way that he portrayed having that female person inside of him, I think was excellent acting. I do. Um, and it, it only goes up from there with each series. Uh, Enterprise, that 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 final scene with when they talk to Trip Tucker, uh, w I mean, 
it gets me every time, you know, because he, he Riker's sitting across the he's sitting across the table, and he knows, oh, dude, it's over. And it's just like dude's talking about catfish, and he's like, "Not a care in the world." Uh, I think that was the best moment of that episode. Um, I would have loved to have heard the speech at the end of that episode. We've talked about this before, you and I, but yeah, that was an excellent. excellent That's another reason why Terra Prime should be the last episode because you get you get like an epic speech from Archer. It's even got like the music in the background. He comes in and he talks about, you know, like we've, you know, you've seen humanity at, you know, our worst just now. And goes on this whole tirade about, you know, building friendships and coalitions and everything. And it's Gary Graham's character, uh, Ambassador Saval stands up and starts right. clapping. And then like the whole, you know, the whole, delegation from everybody they stand up and start clapping too and like you could cut right there and that's the start of the federation right you don't need to show like somebody coming into like this big grand hall you just show like a bunch of people that used to hate each other all clapping like this human character and like and you then you just cut to black terror prime should be the series finale it is not and that is unfortunate voyager their final episode i mean when 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 future janeway stops past janeway in the corridor and she says you know like seven of nine is going to die and then she's like oh what about the she's like tell me she's like, what about the temporal prime director and she's like the hell with it that was for me the best part of that episode, where she's just like, you know what, screw it, we're gonna, we're 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 going home, we're gonna figure this out. I'm I'm taking everybody home. I feel like she spent the next three minutes uh, trying to convince her that it was time to go home. She made up her mind at that point. You know, twenty two crew members died uh, in the last seven years. You've lost like twenty two crew members and not given a crap. Uh, they were all crewmen, uh, but seven of nine is going to die. Yeah, no. And old Chakotay is going to be, you know, irreparably mentally damaged. Yeah, no, this is my family, and I've I've got to take them home. Tuvok. That was Tuvok. that was the best. Tuvok. No, no, no. I'm no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, because Seven of Nine oh, dies, Chakotay yeah. as her husband is, and then yeah, Tuvok sends her over the edge. She's like, yeah, we're doing this. We're gonna have our cake and eat it too. We're we're doing this. So uh, that was the best part of that episode for me. Yeah. All right. So, what about what about DS Nine? What was your favorite part of the DS Nine finale? What we left behind? It's that montage, man. That montage that just you know shows all those highlights of of over the past you know I believe seven years uh, of 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 everything you know the different episodes coming together. That was that was it was probably pretty risky of them to throw that in there um but it from a production standpoint but i i enjoyed it um the montage was the best i hated that odo was left i i hated it they 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 spent all that time coming back together but i understand why he did it and uh emotionally you know it gets me every time it like it was so tender and sweet 
you know, because Kira, let's be honest, was not like this really soft, girly girl at all. And neither was Odo. And, like, their early relationship was, you know, so touch and go and whatnot. And, like, you could just tell, like, by the end of it, they were just so comfortable with each other and the love that they had for each other. Like, she was willing to let him go. Uh, He didn't want to, but felt the responsibility for his people. And she understood that. And they just looked so comfortable with each other and that was a really even though i hated it that they weren't going to be together anymore you know it was just so comfortable and so satisfying to watch you know that love story come to a point where they could just kind of rest in each other's arms like in vick's uh, uh in vick's hollow suite or whatever Right, like they were right. just like they were just together, and it was it was love, epic. Vic. Yeah. Um. So, all right, and last one. You said it was your number one. It's my number one. I'm gonna put like a little qualification here. Your favorite part, even though it's the best part, can't be the poker scene at the end. You gotta you gotta find one <laughs> other thing. That's because that's the best part of all television shows so what right. was no, one other yeah. thing no no my my honestly i would that wouldn't be it my favorite part of of the entire thing was so as an optimist when i was a kid and i was watching the next generation i i knew star trek wouldn't be over and then it was for a long time <laughs> but i knew star trek wouldn't be over and when hugh fades back into the background and he says, you know, the trial, you don't get it. The trial is never over. And I'll be watching you. And it fades out. And I knew Q, I knew I knew Star Trek would be back. I knew Q would be back. I knew it would all be back. That's my favorite part of that episode. When Q's like, yeah, we're not done, dude. <laughs> no, um no, no. This was just the the fifth test of a hundred billion. You know, it doesn't even end with you, Picard. Like, we're watching. But for one brief moment, you you were more than what the continuum thought you were. And and you can build on that. And for me, that was the best part of that episode. It really does kind of bow tie the whole series together, right? Because you, really you, you meet you and the trial starts... And you get to the final, the finale, and it really does tie a bow, so to speak, on the series, right? When you write a story or you write anything, you write a paper, your thesis is supposed to like be your opening statement, and you're basically supposed to reword it in your conclusion, right? With a bunch of supporting yeah. things in the middle. And that's basically what Next Generation was, is like, I wonder, like, when I watch this episode, so I'll, I'll start mine, so... Go ahead. I actually I actually agree Q being like this like special trickster when he's just like oh I didn't start this you did you know like uh like reaching his hands in like the primordial goo right which seems like a bad idea it does all right <laughs> <laughs> it, it really does that's, that's bad 
It's bad. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how many of the weird things that happened to the Enterprise maybe happened because Q maybe not even necessarily caused them per se, but was like hanging out basically invisible, just like watching how they handled like the Tin Man situation. I could totally see Q like hanging out, being all non-comporeal and being like, oh yeah, this is a sentient ship. Uh, let's see how they handle this thing, right? And just watching, basically, like, we're watching Star Trek. Actually, that would be a really cool meta way to watch Star Trek, is just pretend, like, Next Generation is we're Q watching, like, all whoa, of these. Whoa, whoa, you're, you're blowing way too many minds, including mine right now. <laughs> um, that would be an awesome way to watch Star Trek is if you just imagined you were Q and for every single episode and then every episode you're just like I'm Q and I cuz like we really are sitting outside the story on our couches in our house watching it on a little screen you know and it's just like I'm watching this unfold and judge it as Q do the entire series that way <sighs> that's 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 some nuanced shit, man. That's 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 some, <laughs> I just some next level came shit. Up with that. I did not that's have that next down on level my notes shit. That is some uber trekky. Uh, I freaking love it for one. But yeah, so that is that is that's all of them, man. What if all of Star Trek? It's Q just watching humanity, like the original series is Q watching Kirk and everybody, but he just never introduces himself because they're not ready. And then next generation rolls around. He's like, all right, I can introduce myself a bit. Let them know what's up. I mean, he does show up on DS9 and Voyager. So like every episode of Star Trek is basically, it's like, a, it's a TV show in the continuum. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. We've okay. all been the dog. So, I mean, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to do a whole show about that, or at least have a longer conversation about it off air. We can do that later, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I loved all of them. Um, the original, I mean, the original series was great. Um, there were actually a lot of really good episodes in uh, season three, um, going back and kind of looking at what was in that season. Uh, there were a lot of really good episodes. And Turnabout Intruder was, I mean, it was fine. I think probably the best part <clears throat> for me in Turnabout Intruder was how, like, vociferous Bones was about, like, why the other doctor shouldn't take care of the patient. He was like, he was thrown out for medical malpractice. And, I mean, given there was a bunch of odd things going on but after they body switched back uh the other doctor i forget his name was it coleman i think it was coleman yeah, yeah. so when like they switch bodies back and janice lester gets back in her body and he was like i, I would like to take care of her please and he's like kind of cradling her a bit and mccoy is like of course of course and so like you get 
there was like a little bit of movement by McCoy on that. He's like, you're a terrible doctor. No, he shouldn't do anything. He should be anywhere near a sick bay. But he recognizes that this is someone that he cares for and wants to care, care for. And like very graciously and very humbly was like, of course, you know, you take her over here and do the thing. So there's a lot of things to hate about Turnabout Intruder. The whole thing about your world of starship captains don't allow for women is patently fixed, retconned, however you want to talk about it, with Erica Hernandez being, you know, captain of the NXO2. In Enterprise. Well, they, 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 they pretty much, they, they immediately upon you know, the next iteration of Star Trek, uh, they were like, yeah, that was dumb. We're not, we're not. That's not canon. Just ignore that. Gene was going through a divorce at the time. Just don't. <laughs> which is so, that, that's fact. That's fact. <laughs> but yeah, just ignore that. Yeah, women can be captains. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sort of same thing for Counterclock Incident for me. It was. You're going to hear a lot of love on this podcast for the animated series. It is, uh, there's a lot of really interesting stuff that comes out of the animated series. Like, I'm almost positive, isn't that where you find out that, like, the T in James T. Kirk stands for Tiberius? 100%. Yeah, so, I mean, in this, you know, in this episode, you find out Robert April was there when the, when the Enterprise was built at the San Francisco shipyards, you know, so so there's nuggets to be had. Uh, just the whole premise of this episode was god awful. Uh, again, best part of it was when it was over. Um, but <laughs> I think that's enough said about both of those for me. Yeah, um, for sure. I'll, so I'll do Voyager. I, one of my favorite things, and I missed this. Probably every other single time I've seen Voyager. So I've watched Voyager from beginning to end probably four or five times. Oh, and yeah. I'd never I'd never picked up on this. Um Chakotay comes in with like a like a pad and a duty roster saying that Chell wants to take over for Neelix in the galley. Right? Because remember right. the episode before yeah. Neelix and stay on the Talaxian yeah, colony. Sure. And it's a nice little name drop. Chell was the um, Bolian. I'm almost positive he was Bolian from the He's episode Bolian. where Tuvok is making every, like all the former Maquis like, get in shape and run around and whatnot. Makes him take right. his necklace off. And, and you never saw him again. He was only in that one episode, as far as I know. And so, like, to name drop that, like, I thought that was, like, really, really fun. Like, a little callback. Like, yeah, Chell did well. He lived, and he's a member of the crew, and he wants to take over for Neelix in the galley. And Janeway's never like, oh, no, not that dude. She's like, eh, he's got big pots to fill. Like, she can, yeah. she trusts him. So he integrated into the crew. I love that little Easter egg. I thought that was super Chicken cool. Chicken warp cordon blue is... I would actually like to make that dish. I would like that recipe. Uh, there, there is a Star Trek cookbook out there somewhere that has there a is. bunch of different stuff like that. I don't specifically know if that's in it. Um, Cooking with actually, Neelix. There's one out there. Yeah. Uh, we actually had a party one time, and uh, it was actually for the World Cup. It was the 2014 World Cup. Uh, it was the 
first game I think the U.S. was in, and yeah. we had a we had a party at the house, and one of the other people that were coming was also a big Star Trek nerd, Katie Harris. Shout out, Katie. I will send you a link to this, by the way. You're going to love this podcast. I don't know why I didn't think of that already. Um, but she brought her cookbook, and we had an entire dinner made from it. And one of the things that it had in it was Romulan ale. And you know what Romulan ale was? It's just Which vodka with beer with green with, with blue food coloring in it. <laughs> it was vodka with blue food coloring. That's it. Like you just, we just <laughs> took the vodka out of the bottle that it came in, poured it into like a different bottle that looked fun, and just put blue food coloring in it, and just took shots of Romulan ale. It, yeah, it was really fun. We beat Ghana that day. So yeah, I already talked about how I love the uh, uniforms from that episode. Uh, I think those are some of the coolest episodes. It was really nice to throw Barkley in there. Um, I, I, I love that Barkley was actually a more integral character in Voyager than he was in The Next Generation. And he, he was never on the ship. You know what I mean? He actually appeared in more episodes of Voyager than he did Next Gen. So I, I love that they kind of threw him in there. Uh, it's good to Barclay. see him. Yeah, I'm gonna follow Barclay on Twitter. I'm gonna <laughs> do that. I'm gonna do that today. So next gen for me, uh, we you know, we already did that one. Right. I love the, the qubit. Uh, so I really just got DS9 left. Um, it was number one for me, and so I think one of the the battle scene and they're going when they're going to Cardassia is one of the only times you get to see like a big, like space battle in Star Trek up until like the new shows that have come out. And yeah. so like that battle on the way to Cardassia was just like awesome to see like these huge ships flying against each other, the defiance badass. Um, so I love that part of it just for the visuals. Um, but I think, the one of the best parts was at the very end because it's funny. They're talking about they're in Vix and they're talking about O'Brien going back to Earth and where he's go where is he going to live at? And it kind of pans down and somebody says, "Oh, I hear Paris is nice," and Worf goes, "Minsk." And then somebody else, <laughs> and then somebody else says, "Oh, Rio de Janeiro is amazing." It's Minsk. And then somebody else says something else. And at this point, the camera is not on Warp at all. It's so off screen. You hear Warp go Minsk. Minsk a third time, and it's just—it's so great. <laughs> like, it's so funny, and it's so Warp, and like. You can tell he's integrated with that crew. It's great. I love Worf saying Minsk. It was hilarious. Love it. Okay, so there's one more thing I wanted to do uh, that I did not talk to you about. Throw you a little curveball uh, before we go on to trivia. Uh, since right. we're talking about finales, you know, we watch a lot. Okay. I mean, everybody watches a lot of different TV shows and stuff like that. So I would like your opinion. And it could be science fiction, it could be, uh, you know, sitcom, like whatever you want. Uh, give me another show that did like the best finale 
that you've ever seen. And if oh. you want, if you want to, you can also throw in like someone that gave you like the worst finale, like one that you okay. just absolutely hated. I don't even have to think about this. Um, it's it's Stargate Atlantis. It's Stargate Atlantis, a hundred percent. Like that whole series. I mean, so the series starts when SG One is is still going on, and and so they they go through, and everyone is under the impression that this could be a one way mission. And for several seasons, it was a one way mission. There's no going back to uh, to the Milky Way galaxy, and. Uh, by the end of the series, Atlantis itself is is back on Earth where it belongs. I felt like they wrapped that show up amazingly. Uh, no, absolutely, it, it, a great, a great series finale for me. Which, Atlantis, which is doubly impressive considering like that was a rushed finale. Like they were wanting to come back for a fifth season. And right. got basically canceled for it, like in favor of universe. So like uh, Joseph Malazzi um, is still super active in the Stargate community and whatnot has like laid out a season five, which would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's a great shout out. That's a great shout. Do you have a, a show that you watched from beginning to end and you get to the end of it and you're like, well, now I'm pissed. Yeah, Stargate Universe. <laughs> <laughs> Considering it didn't end, uh, they just canceled it and uh, left everybody hanging. So if Joseph Malazzi's out there listening, uh, we could really use just a TV movie, you know, just just one of those low-budget sci-fi channel TV movies with the crappy CGI. You know, hey, they did it for Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, I feel like they could do it for 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 the Stargate universe and for the there Stargate community at large. There is this is not a Stargate podcast, but we are both uh, we are both huge Stargate fans as well. Yeah. There is a season three comic book that I've read some of online uh, that kind of does some of that. Uh, so I mean, if you want, you can Google it. It's good out. for them. Good for them. Yeah, I pointed uh, out in our first episode, I'm not a comic book guy. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, and I know this is going to sound weird, I'm a huge science fiction fan. So again, yeah. Stargate, Star Trek, right. Battlestar Galactica. Was, uh, the new one was amazing. Old one is still good. Yeah. Like it's still super it's still relevant, good. right? Science fiction for me is like an, a way to tell allegorical stories. Uh, Star Trek's been great about this, about holding mirrors up to people without making you see yourself necessarily. Uh, sure. I think science fiction just as a, a way of telling stories is a great way uh, of doing it. But I will not, I'm not going to go with like science fiction per se. Um, this is a guilty pleasure. It came on uh, at like eight or nine o'clock in the morning on TNT every morning. And no. Uh, yes, the one of the greatest series finales as far as like bringing people back, tying off loose ends, right? Being a satisfactory way of like finishing something. It's charmed. It's just I knew you were gonna when you said the channel. It's just <laughs> one of the best finales ever, and I think my favorite part about it is they literally bring everybody back. Their mom and their grandma have been dead, like, the whole show. 
Shannon Dougherty never shows up. They, Alyssa Milano and Shannon Dougherty apparently like hated each other on set, and like so they killed Shannon Dougherty's character off. Quick aside: never been happier to see a main character die in a show, like ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but like at the very end, like they're panning up, and it kind of stops on a picture of the original three sisters with her in it. And that's the only nod at all to Sh- to Shannon Dougherty as a character in that show. Again, they can bring ghosts back. Their mom and their grandma are ghosts in this episode. And they're like, no, we're not going to bring our sister back at all. And I just, it's a great, ep- it's a great finale. I love it. And the worst for you? I mean, it's easy to say lost. Um, oh, God, it is. It really is. And it's super ass, easy. Because it's awful. I, it's super easy to say lost. Um, but I was actually talking to mom about this because I was telling her I was going to throw you a curveball. And she was like, that's mean. And so we talked about it a little bit, and she brought up one that is pretty good, which is the finale of Seinfeld. Uh, Seinfeld was such an iconic show, and it was just, it was not satisfying. Like, the whole thing about it going in reverse, and they, you know, they did bring back characters from all, like, the soup Nazis, like, sitting It was just super unsatisfying. So I would say probably Lost or Seinfeld was finales that I just absolutely, just absolutely hated. Not because they were necessarily terrible episodes in and of themselves, but because they did not do justice to what you had invested yourself in for as long as you had. You know what I mean? I guess. No. Okay. I can see where you're coming from. I can see where you're coming from. All right, we are going to do trivia. It's our trivia. All right, I love trivia time. Let's see if I can redeem myself from last week. Yeah, so uh, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, I've got an interactive trivia book that I bought years ago. Uh, It has 2,500 questions. It does keep track of it electronically. I have no control over what question either one of us is going to get. As of right now, we are tied one-to-one because we did do a little extra trivia, another round after we cut off last week. We so, did. We did. All right. So I believe you are question 576. 576. That's my favorite number. Oh, okay. Great. So it is a next generation question. Okay. <clears throat> what Klingon animal made its first appearance in Where No One Has Gone Before. It does it does um, it does have A, B, C, and D if you want me to give you your okay. options or if you want to just like be a I boss. I don't think I I don't think I need it, but I am going I am going to uh, to uh to ask that you do the A, B, C, and D. I don't think I need it. I think I know what the answer is, but go ahead. Okay. So uh A is Targ. B is a Klingon octopus, C is a Pipius, and D is a Breget. Breget. 
so I wanted to say Targ. Um, and it's my first, it was my first instinct. And I'm going to go, even though I know that there was a Targ in the original series, it was a dog in a costume. It was awful. But you know what? I'm going to go with Targ. I don't care if I'm wrong. It is Targ. You got the ding ding, my Targ. friend. Yeah. It is Targ. Okay. All right. I, w- I thought it was maybe one of those weird. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, no, that's the one. That's the episode where they go. Uh, basically, people are like the things that they imagine uh, just kind of like show up. Picard's dead right. grandmother shows up or whatever. And War right. turns and sees like his pet Targ from when he was a kid. All right. Oh, no. 2006. We are deep into the book now. Which how the Roshankos got a Targ, I don't know, but uh, you know, good for them. That's They're actually a really parents. good. That's actually a really good point. How did the Roshankos get a Targ? Are they yeah, not like embargoes about? I don't even like, want to know what the quarantine is of a Targ. I don't know. All right. Question two thousand seventy six. I'm sorry, 2006. This is in New Life and Civilizations. So this is like alien races and stuff like that. What did pregnancy often cause in Bajoran women? I'm pretty sure it's sneezing. Uh, So A is uncontrolled eating. B is uncontrolled sneezing. Inability to rest. Or uncontrollable drinking. Which sounds amazing. <laughs> you get uh, you get pregnant and you just get to get hammered all the time. That sounds that sounds like so much fun. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's the sneezing. So it's B. I got a ding ding as well. All right, so we are still tied up to all my friend. To all my friend. All right, dude. Uh, well, this has been this has been fun. Uh, we had meant to do like a little recap of Picard since it just came out, not like a series review, but just you know our thoughts on it. We ran a little long today, so maybe we'll pick that up next week. Uh, maybe throw in a little Star Trek Discovery chatter uh, about what we think maybe season three is going to look like. And uh, but yeah, did we ever decide uh, if it was? Next gen or DS9 as one or two. I don't think we ever actually made that call. Uh, I mean, I I don't I don't need any swaying. <laughs> we can agree to disagree uh, as far as that goes. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with it. Like I, personally, I thought DS9 was a better finale, but next generation, I don't have any problem putting it at number one. The question. That was the only complicated, difficult decision for me. Everything else kind of like wrote itself. So uh, I have no problem going the original series, Enterprise, Voyager, DS9, Next Gen. I am I am comfortable making that ranking. And I am also comfortable combining the animated series with the original series for worse. <laughs> For worst, worst finales ever. I am uh, so sorry, TSO or TOS fans. So sorry, TOS. Uh, they know. Why are you apologizing? 
they know. They're also upset that it didn't continue. <laughs> They're also upset about it. And if you'd like to leave us a uh, a voice message about that, if you go to our, our anchor page, uh, then you can leave us a voice message. And you may just end up on this podcast. Who knows? Yeah, uh, we would love to hear from you. Like I said, we do have uh, our email. It's going to be Orion Syndicated Podcast uh, at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Podcast Orion. And uh, we would love to hear from you. And I guess that is pretty much it for us today. Uh, Play us out, boss. All right. Well, this has been fun, brother. This has been brother fun. Oh, please don't do like a Hulk Hogan thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Live long and prosper. Yeah, we will. Listen, we will hear from you next week. Thank <laughs> you.